This is the Adopted Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 10 of the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am Alex Fitton and I'm so glad you're here. And I hope you'll excuse my sickly voice once again. I don't know what it is about being sick, but it always attacks my vocal cords first and I sound like a crazy person for like two weeks. It's insane. Anyway, I'm so excited that you're listening. And if you have left me a review on iTunes, I'm really appreciative. If you haven't already, I would really, really be grateful if you would head over there. And even if you just leave a star review, that's fine. But I love hearing the words of people that love this podcast. So I want to read a couple more. Mrs. L.M. Lewis says, love this podcast, incredibly encouraging and insightful stories and truths on adoption. So thank you. Joe Beth Evans says, my husband and I are currently preparing to adopt older kids from foster care. This podcast has given me a lot of encouragement as well as prepared me for some of the good and not so good emotions that are going to come with adoption. Alex so far has given many different perspectives on adoption that really allows you to see the big picture. This podcast has played a very important role in my personal development as a future adoptive mom. Thank you so much, Joe Beth Evans. I love hearing feedback, so please, even if you don't have time to do that, you can just go over to my Facebook page and write me some words of encouragement or um, advice, or if you have anyone that you think should be on the podcast, let me know. I love hearing from you. But today, I have another awesome treat for you guys. We're going to hear from not only is she not a mom, but she's certainly not an adoptive mom. Unless you count cats, which we talk about a little bit in the episode, but we're going to get to hear from Brooke Schaefer. She and her husband, Luke, are both teachers, but Luke is also a youth pastor at a church with an unusual ratio of uh, biological families, but in adoptive families. We have a lot of adopted kiddos in our youth group, and so I, they have made the decision that they're going to learn as much as they can and that they're going to walk alongside their friends through this and not just turn a blind eye to all the difficulties and struggles and hurdles that we adoptive families have to walk through. And I really wanted her to share her story and also give advice to the support systems out there who maybe just don't know what to do. And um, they have friends that are about to walk through this and they are scared or they don't know what this means for their friendships. So I'm so excited for you to hear from Brooke on this subject. On that note, let's jump right into my interview with Brooke Schaefer. All right. Hey, Brooke, how's it going? It's good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Did you, uh, you had a long day of teaching those crazy kids? I did. I did. It was my, um, a day. So like every other day, one day I have a really easy schedule. And then the other days I go from like seven to five just with kids. Wow. I'm talking to a mom. So I guess it's not really a big deal, but yes, it was a long day. You say that, but I just don't really like kids that much. And I know that that sounds ironic, but I really don't like other people's children all that much. So I have the utmost respect for what you guys do because I feel like I would just go insane. Well, thank you. I, it's pretty fun, but there are days that I think that I'm going to go insane as well. <laughs> but I like it. 
So on that note, I'm sure that everyone's figured it out, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and stuff like that, uh, if anyone is still wondering what you do. Well, I, I guess I could be more specific. So I teach ninth grade English at Fayetteville High School, and I coach ninth grade cross country girls, ninth grade girls track, and then I'm an assistant varsity coach, and I coach hurdles. Um, yeah. So so you just wear like one hat all day, right? It's no no uh no flipping around for you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. But it is on my easy days I get to wear like I don't have any English classes, so I just get to wear like coaching clothes and it's amazing. That's so I awesome. I appreciate that aspect of it. Well, so and much. an interesting uh, thing about you that is probably not necessarily a part of your story, but well maybe it is. I don't know, but you uh you are a college athlete, Miss Schaefer, right? Yes, it sounds a lot cooler than it was, but I did hurdle for the U of A for a little bit. I was a walk-on. It was really cool. I'm like no Olympians because of it, but I was not one of them, but it was, <laughs> but it was fun. It was really fun. That's super cool. So, okay, so I think that, you know, I wanted to have you on for a reason that we will totally get to. Um, but I think the kicker for anyone listening is that you are not only not an adoptive mom, but you are not a mom at all, unless you count cats, right? Right. Yes. We have zero kids. We have two cats, but I think they're preparing us to be parents. (laughs) You guys, uh, you guys are pretty cute with your cats. Yeah. We love them a lot. Um, and what, what are their names again? And you give the, go ahead and give their full names. Yes. Okay. So we have Fred Weasley Schaefer, and he is (laughs) a ginger cat. Um, And then we have Albus Dumbledore Schaefer. I would give the full name, but it's really long. Albus Dumbledore Schaefer. And Albus is like just a little bit, he's a white, uh, a white kitty. So he has a, we named him after Dumbledore because Dumbledore has a white beard. Of, of course. And, yes. you know, I'm just now getting into Harry Potter, so me and you have had some fun conversations lately. Oh, my goodness. It's, I could talk about Harry Potter for hours. If you ever want to have a Harry Potter uh, podcast, I will gladly join that as well. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, back to you. So, so let's, you know, I think that I want to hear your story, but I kind of want to hear it through the lens of what we're talking about, because the reason that I wanted to talk to you is maybe to give a little bit of your story of uh, how you've walked with some friends and specifically with us through this adoption process. And, you know, we you've known us since before we even had Grady, which is our oldest biological child. And now Luke, your husband, is the youth pastor for our oldest adopted son, Clark. And so you guys have literally been with us through this whole process and you guys have kind of just hit it out of the park as far as support systems go. And so I definitely wanted to talk to you because I know that there are a lot of support system friends out there that are like, my friends are absolutely insane and this is scary and I don't know where I fit in this and maybe it's just that I don't fit in it. And you guys didn't do that. You looked at this and you were like, you know what, this is scary, but we're in this with you. And so... I want to hear about, you know, that that story through your lens. But first, you know, go ahead and tell us. So you're married to Luke, as I already said, and you guys have been married for how long? It's been a little over three years. So we met our freshman year of college, the very end of our freshman year. And we were friends, uh, definitely liked each other the whole time. And then we started dating our junior year and uh, got married right after we graduated, the summer after we graduated. 
so and that's actually I think that's when um, when we got engaged we put our name in for that for like a discounted photo shoot with y'all and, oh yeah it was a contest yes we won and so I think that's when we really that was like the first time we had hung out with y'all I mean and it was like y'all taking our picture but and then y'all ended up doing our wedding and I had to like you helped me coordinate some of this stuff and so I think that's when we first started like hanging out yeah and yeah. uh you you kept us around which is cool <laughs> even though <laughs> which is cool. Um, yeah. Can I, can I talk about like what I, my view of adoption when I was growing up? Absolutely. I want to hear all that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So when I was, I mean, just my childhood, there's this one family and my parents, uh, my mom was friends with the mom and they did foster care and it was just so unusual I didn't know anybody else who did that. I don't. I don't even think I knew anybody who was um, had been in the foster care system or who had been adopted. And so it was just such a unique thing um, for me. I just thought it was not for most people that only like different people did it. And so that yeah. was my view, literally until I started going to the Grove my junior year. And even then, I don't think that I really knew until we became friends with y'all and started and and y'all started y'all's, you know, journey with that. So yeah, I just, and, and I guess I thought it was like, just for overseas things. Oh, yeah. Like children overseas. I didn't, I don't even think, oh, I was so sheltered. I did not even think, know that kids were in needed to be adopted in the United States. Isn't that sad? No, but you know, I, I think I knew that there were kids that needed to be adopted, but I didn't, I, I mean, that's more experience than I had. Cause I didn't know anyone that was a foster parent when I was growing up. And so our first experience was really once we got married and, and we started looking at like, Oh, you know, this is what foster care is. I think I always knew it existed out there somewhere. So it's really cool mm-hmm. that you, got a little bit more of an up close experience with it. Um, at least that you knew what it was and it was in your mind be as, as you were becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. With, I mean, just walking I mean, with y'all, we were friends, like you said, before y'all had Grady, then y'all had Grady. And I think, you know, we started, we would babysit for y'all. Luke and I would, and mostly me, but sometimes <laughs> me and Luke. Um, and it was like it went from from Grady to all of a sudden babysitting three babies and then a teenager being there. Like I don't even remember the progression. Like <laughs> I don't remember thinking, "Oh, it's now you know two babies." I just remember, "Oh, Grady to four kids." Yeah, and I don't. I don't really remember that progression either. So <laughs> yeah, it just happened. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't weird. I mean, it was like incredible and crazy, but it wasn't weird. I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll babysit. Yeah. So, okay, maybe besides, and that's great. So what, um, I mean, I know that there are other families in, in our church specifically, but just that you know in general that, um, that you guys know that have adopted. And I know Luke has other kids in the youth group that are adopted or in foster care. And so you guys have kind of had to become um, just really, I, I want to say educated, but maybe that's not the right word, but it's like just maybe 
um, aware. Yeah. You guys have just had to face this and become um, super aware of what's going on and, um, in behaviors. Cause I'm sure that I, we are not the only family that has made, mm-hmm. you know, desperate phone calls to Luke. Like, here's what you need to know before you see my kid tonight. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let, let's, let's hear about that a little bit. What do you, what are some of the maybe funnier or more interesting stories of how you guys have be, have, have had to look this in the, in the eyes? Well, it's it's been interesting because every every story is so different and every kid is so different and that that is what is crazy to me. Like sometimes it's just it's a seamless easy transition and sometimes it is it's not. It's a lot harder and it, it doesn't seem to be going great. And so I think What's been cool for us is just to be there for all of those situations, you know, not just the difficult ones, but also the, the ones that are going well. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, funny stories. There was, um, there's a girl who's on my cross-country team or was on my cross-country team and is in our youth group who I don't, I don't think I knew was adopted at all. Um, and then, but, it, but it was cool to – as we got closer, it was cool to have that like dual relationship. Like I see you at school and I see you at church. Um, you know, as we got closer, the, the story came out. And so I think that's been valuable is like letting, hearing the kids side of it too. Um, right. What they've been through. And then, well, and I'm sure they look at you guys and, and feel some safety because I know just from Clark that that safety isn't always there. You know, people will make, jokes as kids do you know about oh you're adopted just as a not even making fun of him and then he has to turn around and be like no but I actually am adopted and then they are so embarrassed because they were you know making a joke out of something that was very real for him so I'm sure that those kids feel such safety when they when they talk to you guys or when they find out that you guys get it or that you're not you know weirded out or freaked out or whatever by their stories and I I hope that's really I hope that's true and I think I was I was thinking about this as I was thinking about um, just coming on and talking with you tonight about how it's just a lot of times I'm not scared of people's like messes, I guess. Um, like it doesn't scare me that someone has kind of a crazy backstory or a difficult backstory. I think it used to. Um, I, I was I grew up surrounded by people who were the same as me uh, mm-hmm. and and had the same kind of family, the same kind of upbringing, the same kind of life goals. And so just to go from that to where I am now, where I feel like that doesn't scare me to be around people who have a lot different stories than me. So I, I would, I hope I'm a safe place for them to talk and, and to vent and to, to process things. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been that for us, for sure. I mean, I I have to say that you guys are not, I wouldn't even say some of the few, but maybe some of the few friends that that haven't adopted that I still feel like you're going to believe me when I tell you these, you know, these scary things and you're not going to push me away because of it. And, And not only that, but you guys have offered to walk into the fire with us. And I mean, and again, for those listening, I'm not just talking about 
just being there if I need to call someone or if I need to text and ask for prayer. I mean, there's that for sure. But I think that for those listening that are in need of a good support system or for those listening that are a support system, I, I want you, Brooke, to speak to them because not only have you been there to pray, not only have you been there to field the like venting calls, but you guys have like kept our children overnight. You have, um, you know, offered to babysit for like a whole day before just to give us time. You've babysat multiple times a week for us. You've brought us food. Like you guys have literally, you've walked into that fire with us. So what has that been like for you? You know, it's funny. Like when you asked me, um, I was super honored and super humbled, but I was like, me really? Cause it, it just seems so normal. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. I mean, there's so many times that Jesus tells us, like, you know, bear each other's burdens, bear with one another in love, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, it's repeated. And I think it's repeated. Okay, I'm an English teacher, so I'm about to go nerdy. But repetition, (laughs) when someone repeats a phrase over and over, it's it's to emphasize a point. And, and so I think when by repeating that command, Jesus is recognizing our nature, which is like, it, it's hard to do that. Like it is hard to continually walk with someone when it's a lot of it is hard. You know, I think it's our natural response to maybe help once or twice, but then when it gets real heavy to kind of, you know, walk out and go back to our normal. But I think, so I think he's recognizing that, but he's saying like, okay, and and who cares? Like, keep going, keep going. And so yeah. I, I feel like that um, walking into the fire with y'all and just being willing to to do whatever to to be there in any and every circumstance, I, I really think that that's a reflection of, Jesus in in our marriage because I don't think that that's necessarily easy or natural um, for anybody but but it's I mean it's a command it's a command yeah. Well, I think there's definitely a human tendency to be like, you know, if I put some distance between me and the the scary the scary issue over there then maybe it just doesn't exist or I don't have to think about it. And and I think that, you know, something that's interesting about you guys is like I said at the beginning, it's not just that you're not an adoptive parent, but you're not a parent at all. And um I feel like that's interesting in and of itself because even if even if um you know, even when we weren't adoptive parents and we just had the one kid, you know, we had friends that didn't have kids that they they even were just like, Yeah, your life looks different than mine, so that means we're done here. And and so I think that it's it's such a testimony that not only I mean you took it even a step further that, that but but maybe speak to those people too that what is what is it like to remain friends with people and and not even in a helping way I mean there are definitely times where we hang out with you guys and the kids aren't even a part of it but that you even though you can't relate with our immediate struggles from a personal um from a personal standpoint that doesn't scare you and you still you know you still want to hang out with us which is really cool um but like i said there are a lot of your peers that don't do that what do you what are your thoughts on that well i mean i think it's just you you just have to walk with your friends through different seasons and so just because i'm not in the same season as you 
does it mean we can't be friends? Yeah, I might have to adjust my expectations Mm. or be more flexible or two things later at night or, you know, just, just adjusting and maybe being a little more selfless because there's a part of you that a big, a huge part of you that is now going to your kid and that, and so that would be ridiculous of me to expect our friendship to stay the exact same, but I think it just, I'm willing to be flexible and to meet you where you're at and just understanding that that looks different every day, I guess. I I don't know. I think it comes down to empathy, being willing to see from your perspective, someone else's perspective, um, and then taking that further and letting that become like an action, I guess. So putting myself in your shoes as a parent of four kids, three of them uh, babies. Well, sorry, Grady, toddler. Toddlers. <laughs> My B. Um, that, I mean, that, that's a lot. And so I think just being willing to, I don't know. I think I like repeating myself, but being willing to be flexible, meet you where you're at and understand that, that friendships go through seasons. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you spoke well that, I mean, cause I think you spoke well when you said that the reason for that was because it was a command of Jesus's or because, um, because you've decided that that's important to you. And, and when I say you, I mean you and Luke, because, mm-hmm. Obviously, you guys are married, but this is not this is not just your initiative. You know, this is something you both do really well. And this is called the Adoptive Mom Podcast. So I thought it more appropriate to interview you. But understand. Uh, but Luke is definitely uh, kind of a baller at this, too, especially with the whole youth pastor mm-hmm. thing. Um, OK, so, yeah. So let's um, you said some of those flexibility in some of those circumstances. So I think that kind of bleeds into some of these questions that I have. Um and I want to know about some of those flexibilities, you know, what's been something that's super interesting that maybe never occurred to you before that you've had to adjust to. Um, it could be a situation or just, you know, a, a, a disability that maybe you didn't ever think about before. What's something like that, that kind of hits you like, Oh, this is, this exists, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. This is, might be funny, but just like kids in public <laughs> and <laughs> just, them being kids in public um, and not being like embarrassed. Does that, is that like a good answer? Because that's very real for me. Like I feel like being with my friends and their kids in public <laughs> is, is something that I have learned to just not sweat and not it not be a big deal. But at first I was just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. They're like screaming or, you know, <laughs> What they're like pulling everything off the shelf. Why is this happening? And now just being like, okay, I'm just gonna go pick that up, you know? So that I know that's like sounds silly, but that has been a huge thing for me is just like being chill about kids acting like kids in public. Just taking the chaos as it comes. Uh, That's something that even I because even before I had kids, I was like that too. (laughs) And now it's like, I just look around and try to look really pitiful. So maybe people feel sorry for me instead, yep. of, instead of being angry at me. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that, that's people's reaction is being angry. Yeah. yeah. No, and I used to be one of those people. It's like, really? get your kid out of here. Why are they screaming? 
Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, what ha- has your experience? I'm sorry. Has your perception of adoption changed through th- this experience that you've had with families like ours and other families that you know that have adopted or are in foster care? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways, one, just realizing it's, it's for, it's not just for like other families. Like it's, I mean, God calls us also to to take care of the orphans. And so, I mean, just being reminded of that through y'all's faithfulness in this and, and of other families that um, we know. And then, too, I mean, we, I mean, we want to adopt. We don't have our own kids yet, but we, we do want to do um, – to go through the training and open our homes and foster and adopt um, – Actually, I had a student who uh, last year who went into the foster care system from some pretty traumatic circumstances, and I was I was really upset that I couldn't. Like, and she had to move schools, and I was really upset that I couldn't open my home. Yeah. And so, and yeah, that was really sad. But that's not, I mean, we we do want to do that, um, and then also just being. Um, my perception is changing that like there's a huge need right where I'm at. Which, yeah. It's not cool that there's a huge need, but just me recognizing that. And that's, I mean, I, I would like to do, we would like to do local, you know, state Arkansas, um, foster and adoption. And so I've also, I think that my perception, like there's a lot of, really cool stories that come from it, but each one is different. And I think that's an important thing that I've learned. Um, just not expecting really not, not expecting anything, but not expecting the same thing from everybody. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that what goes along with that is, you know, this is something that for me personally, you know, adoption seemed really pretty and beautiful on the outside. And while I knew in my naive mind, I was like, Oh, I'm sure it's hard. You know, it wasn't, I had no idea that it's it's such a broken situation and that beauty can come from that, but it starts from brokenness. And is that something that you realized as well through those different situations that you were talking about? Yeah. for Yeah. That's something, um, I mean, that's a good point, but yeah, that's something I've learned. It's like, there's a, the, the, the kids are in foster care and need to be adopted for not good reasons, you know? And, and so I mean, just that brokenness and combined with, you know, just our own brokenness. Yeah, it's messy. It's messy. But that's, I I mean, God obviously works so well with our messes. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen all of that, I feel like. Okay. That's, yeah, absolutely. So what? What do you think has been the most difficult thing about about supporting adoptive families? And, you know, you mentioned earlier just that Jesus commanded us to take care of the widows and orphans. And I think that it's such a testimony that a lot of people feel like, yeah, I'll do that in the future. But you guys have said, yeah, we'll do it in a very literal sense in the future. But until then, we're going to pour into other families who are doing it. Mm-hmm. And so what has been the most difficult thing about that? And I want to add on to that question, and maybe you could answer for Luke, Um what maybe has been the most difficult thing about what he's had to learn about how to, how to approach 
these kids and their and their hard situations. Well, I, I kind of talked about this earlier, but just like our nature. So I, I've been I was thinking about this, like what was what is the most difficult part? And you know, I, th- I think about like we've had Hurricane Harvey and Irma come through, and it's like you know immediately though we're everyone's giving, everyone's praying, everyone's concerned, and it's been a couple of weeks since Harvey, and it's like the world has moved on, and and those people are still hurting. And those people still lost their homes and, but like we've moved on. And so I feel like that, I mean, that's just our tendency is to do that is like, okay, I've served them now back to my normal and I'm going to yeah distance myself like you said. And so instead of, and, and so I think the most difficult part is just fighting that like, no, this work doesn't end like loving my friends doesn't stop. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's been super difficult. It's just something that I'm aware of and that like, I, I just pray through like not to be selfish. Yeah. Uh, like intentional consistency. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to, um, just get in the flow. And I, I, I think you and, and Brian are so good at being intentional. Don't know how y'all do it, but I feel like, um, y'all are very, very good at that. So thank you because this definitely goes both ways as much as like I'm (laughs) Luke and I've been there for y'all. Y'all have been there for us. So, um, I appreciate that, uh, a lot. Yeah, of course. We're just, I mean, I think that it's hard because we, we're the type of people that we love having people over and we love having people in our house, but it's hard to, um, it's hard to ask people to come into the, the circus, if you will. And we're like, we promise that after seven, we'll be fun people again. <laughs> but until then, you're just going to have to hang with us. That, <laughs> that is, hey, your kids are fun too. Y'all are more fun. Y'all are, y'all are the hip, cool, cool ones, but, but your kids are fun. <laughs> Well, thanks. They're crazy, but they're, oh, goodness. And your family has kind of adopted Jane, which I think is adorable. Oh, my goodness. They're obsessed with her. Um, anytime she's in the greenhouse or uh, the people, greenhouse is our church's children's ministry. And so I work in the baby room and Jane's still in there. So it's rock. Um, but we all send pictures of Jane to them. Um, they, I mean, they, love her well and jane only lets brooke hold her when brooke's back yes. there yes so perks of babysitting the fitting kids a lot is that they love you over everybody else in the greenhouse and jane is a hot commodity in there i'll tell you everybody wants to hold her she only <laughs> wants to be and i feel very loved when that happens well and this very- is a total side note but it's a funny story so luke brooke's husband that we've been talking about and one of the um one of his youth kids Actually, uh-huh. both really love Grady. And so one time, I don't know if you remember um, Air, the movie Airbud, but in that movie, they have this kind of standoff where the kids on one side and the uh, old owner that was abusive to Buddy uh-huh. was on the other side and they call him to see who he'll come to. And so Luke and Grant did that. And uh, Luke won. Grady went to yep. him instead of Grant. So it was just pretty yep. funny. Yep, we we love putting kids, and I think that they love us. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so what about the second part of that question? What do you think has been the most difficult thing for Luke? And you can even use Clark as an example. You know, I've talked about him on this podcast, and I think yeah. he's cool with that. But, you know, I know that Luke's had to break up some uh, 
play fights that went too far and he's had to have some difficult conversations. So what do you think has been the most difficult thing for him in learning to approach these kids? Well, I, I think it's been just bound, like creating emotional boundaries for himself. Luke is one of the most loving, like trustful or trusting, sorry, loving, trusting, um, inviting people, person, people that I know. (laughs) Sorry. I'm an English teacher, but I still mess up. You spent Uh, all of that energy in class today. So you're good. Yes, I did. I did. Um, yeah, so I think the and we and I what I didn't know if it was going to come up, but I did want to like say like I mean there's a time when it seemed like the information you know things that were being I don't know the vibe that was being communicated to Luke was different than you know what was actually happening you know and so I think learning. Like that, I think that hurt him. I'm, I'm, I'm not being very clear. No, but I think I get what you're saying. That maybe, I mean, maybe he's had to learn, and that's a perfect answer to this. He's had to learn about some manipulative behaviors, and all the adoptive moms listening know exactly what that is. You know, we have our performing kids that mm-hmm. can make themselves seem really well behaved and really trusting, and and it hurts us parents when we try to talk to people and they're like, "Oh, I just can't imagine that happening." and so I think that that's a great answer that maybe Luke's had to to learn to see past some of that, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's something we both we both learned was to like believe and get like believe your friends who you have known and listen to what they're saying and trust them. Like it's and and it's hard. It can be hard because the the kid that you see and and the way they act when you see them can be totally different than what your friend is telling you is happening in their home. And so those can, it could be hard to reconcile that yeah, and, and, and figure it out. But then it's like, we were like, no, I mean, these are some of our best friends. Like why they wouldn't make this up. Like it's obviously true. And so I think that was hard because it hurt, it hurt, it hurt Luke um, to know that he was, being manipulated yeah and and because Luke is so very is he so real and vulnerable and honest and so for someone to not be that way with him and to totally like deceive was hurtful and so I think that was um that's that was hard that was really hard. Yeah. Well, and that's a really good one. And I actually, this reminds me of a specific story that I have regarding Luke and Clark. So one time Clark ran away and um, Luke came up from Fayetteville to Rogers at like, you know, nine 30 in the evening uh, mm-hmm. to help us look for him. And it was cold outside and he would only get in the car with Luke. And after about an hour of them being gone, I called Luke and I had to, I was like, Oh crap. And so I called him. I was like, you need to know that this is feeding him. This is feeding that manipulation because he thinks that he's getting one over on you. And I could tell it just didn't make a lot of sense to Luke, but I'm really grateful that he seemed to believe me and he brought him home and that was good. But I think maybe that does make a little more sense to him now since that happened. But yeah, Sure. But that's another great example of of the way that the uh, the Schaefers are 
kind of ballers at this that that Luke would drive up, you know, 30 minutes away from his house on a weeknight mm-hmm. to l- drive around in the freezing cold looking for a kid on foot in the dark. Well, I mean, he, he Luke Luke rocks, but I mean, that's again, I mean, that's just like that's what you do. I get I mean, that's what you should do. Yeah, that's what should do. So that's, that's what, ha- sorry, no, I was going to say, that's what brothers and sisters in Christ should do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say that, that kind of leads into my last question here. So what, if you could sum it all up, what's your biggest piece of advice or encouragement to, for friends of adoptive families who need support? Yeah, okay, I have two things. So I've been thinking about this because there's a lot of things you could say, but I, I really wanted, I, I really did think about this question a lot. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would have is just to empathize. Um, put like, put yourself in that family's shoes and imagine what, like if you were in their shoes, what would you need? What would you want your friends to do for you or say to you or act, you know, for you or toward you? And then, and, and then let that lead you to an action, you know? So maybe instead of just saying, Hey, do you need anything? Like nine times out of 10, the answer is going to be no, because I don't know. I mean, if someone texted me that I would most likely feel like a burden if I actually said, yeah, can you do this for me? So yeah. saying things like, Hey, I'm let's hang out this week. I'm free on these nights. Hey, I want to bring y'all dinner what night works this week. Um, so things like, it's like, I'm, I'm doing this. You don't have an answer. You don't have a choice, but just give me a time that you're free. Um, and I, I, and I think that will, I think that's helpful. And so I think it just starts with putting yourself in somebody else's shoes or, and, and just that family's shoes and imagining what they need or what you would need if you're in that situation and then doing that. Um, and then my second thing is like, it's, I mean, y'all aren't like a charity case. And so just be <laughs> a friend, like be a friend. I, I, and I was thinking about how you've been reading Harry Potter and I love Harry Potter so much. And so we, yeah, we just came over one night after the kids went to sleep and we watched the third Harry Potter movie and hung out. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to serve y'all or, you know, fill a need it was like hey we're friends let's just hang out and so it's like just be in a i just be normal and i put normal in quotation marks because what is normal when (laughs) you know a bunch of kids and and working on that but like just just be a normal friend and go hang out and and make time to see them without kids i think that's important too um yeah well, and I think that's good. I'm glad you said that because I was actually going to say that that was one of my favorite things that you guys have done is that you, and I said this at the beginning, that you haven't been afraid. You haven't, you know, you haven't been like, oh, I'm sure they're too busy or, oh, their lives just look too messy for us right now. Maybe we'll be friends with them when their kids are a little, are a little older or whatever. You guys have been like, no, sure, we'll come over and have pizza at your house and just hang out. And that, it makes us feel so much more normal. Like, oh, we still have friends that don't have kids and we can still relate with them. And it's just, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, 
in our, we have a supper club, uh, us and the shapers, shapers and two other couples. And we're the only couple that actually has kids. And we love it. We love that we get to feel like we still belong in those situations that we're not just defined by, you know, the people that have a bunch of kids. Right. And I, I think that's another thing. Like, don't, don't be afraid of messiness. I think Jesus does incredible things when messy people are friends, you know, like, and, and we all are messy. And so I just don't, don't be afraid of that. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask questions and talk and, and just get close to those people. It's, it's not scary. It's not. Yeah. Oh, and that's good. And I want to specify that, I mean, Luke and Brooke are great with kids, but you know, those people that are just like, oh, those people are definitely just so great with kids. They're meant to have a bunch of kids. And it's not, I, I hope you don't see, feel that, see this as insulting, but more of an encouragement to friends. Like, it's not like you guys just like ooze the, uh, it, you guys don't look like just those kid people. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that that's more of a testimony that this isn't just for those people, that anyone can can be good friends or be a good support system for people. You don't have to just really be a kindergarten teacher and have this big heart for kids. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we both are, are, are better with the with older, you know, I mean, obviously I teach high school um, babies and, and younger kids can be intimidating. But but once you're in there, no, they're not. They're awesome. Yeah. Oh, these are, this is such good stuff, Brooke. Thank you so much. And so I want to know, I want, um, I think that everyone's wondering where can we follow the adventures of Fred and Albus? Uh, you can find that on Brookie Shave on <laughs> Instagram, which is B R O O K I E S C H A F. Um, my husband was all, has always been Luke Shafe, And so I tried to do Brooke Shafe, and that was taken. So, Brookie Shafe it is. <laughs> I think it's pretty cute. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I like it. it I, I've grown to like it a lot. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, well, cool. And um, and that's, you know, it's not Bluke, which is your celebrity couple name that you're not a huge fan of. I do. I do love Bluke. No, I do love it. It's grown on me. Um, that was our wedding hashtag, was Bluke Wedding, because I was just rebelling against the um, cute, clever hashtag so i was like i'm gonna make mine as like bland as possible so <laughs> we were just be- before the wedding hashtag craze but i think the other the other suggested hashtag for you guys was shave the date right yes it was shave the date and, and we ended up with bluke wedding which i but love it's perfect I, love it. I think it's fantastic love it well thank you so much brooke i know that um i don't know i i know that you guys don't feel like you you rock at this stuff, but you really do. And I really wanted my listeners to hear from someone who's getting it right. And, um, and, and that's totally all God. And I just wanted them to hear you and and how it's maybe not as scary as it looks, or even if it is how you brave it anyway. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was this, I mean, it was cool. And I was very humbled and honored that you asked me. It's pretty cool. Of course. Would it be okay if I like prayed over the people who listen to this absolutely that'd be great okay sweet hey guys thank you just that you have a heart for orphans i mean you adopted us into your family and we were so far from you god we were your enemies and you said you know no i want you to be my son and my daughters and i mean that's just humbling and and 
I'm very thankful for that. And I, I just want to pray over one, the, the moms, um, the adoptive moms who are listening, God, that they would feel just reaffirmed in what you have called them to do and that they would just feel your grace, that they would feel your love and your just blessing on them and what they're doing. Um, and I pray that they would find community in this. I pray that you would bless this podcast and that it would reach a lot of people and that your name would be made great from it. And God, I pray for the the support systems, the friends of adoptive moms, God, that you would give them a courage to walk into these into these lives, um, the lives of the adoptive families around them, um, willing to bear uh, one another's burdens and willing to bear with one another in love, willing to love their neighbors as themselves. Um, they would do so humbly and, and just asking you for wisdom along the way. We love you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ah, thanks, Brooke. You're the best. You're welcome. Yay. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I know this stuff is hard and I hope you found encouragement here. Remember, you are enough and you're doing a great job. God wants to be at the center of this journey and he is big enough to redeem all of our mistakes. Don't forget to check out show notes and other resources at the Podcast.com. Thanks again for listening.